Think you know all about the coronavirus? Think again. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on 95.5 WSB. Although today has to be the shortest show in WSB history. We are on what looks like 507 to probably 527. But you know what? We are going to jam so much information into this next half an hour that you'll hear more stuff you haven't heard before about the coronavirus. Deep, interesting, important stuff than you've heard all week long on the mainstream cable news cycle 24-7. We're going to give you more uh, than that in this half hour. So we are live. We're going to jam it all in. I'm here, of course, with my trusty producer, Binkley. Hi, Binkley. How you doing? It's snowing today or it snowed today, so I'm great. Because you love snow? For about 10 minutes, then I'm tired of it. Yes, I am not a huge fan. I think we get just enough here, maybe a little bit too much, (laughs) an hour too much. But as someone who's grown up in the suburbs of New York City, we would get socked in all the time. And you'd like to stay home from school, but as a grown-up, I have no tolerance for that. (laughs) So, okay, but if you are... And you don't want to go outside and catch cold because it could be the coronavirus. This is the thing. The coronavirus is a, they call it the novel coronavirus because there are about a jillion coronaviruses and they're pretty mild. And they're as contagious as a common cold, but about as deadly. Except for, like most flus, if you're in a vulnerable population, it is something that can be one of the causes of pneumonia. So maybe maybe the virulence is changing, uh, the contagion is changing, but in the beginning of this thing, when people were freaking out all around the world, it that's what the story was. So I was a little confused by why people were panicking immediately over something that might not be that big a deal. But I kind of think I I have a suspicion as to the answer, thanks to something you brought us on our podcast, which I should tell people. You and I do a podcast under the banner of the Propaganda Report, but we do it every single day. So we take the news of the day and we pull back the curtain in real time. And people absolutely love it. I'll tell you more about it later. But if you want to hear this show a little more than what you're getting right this minute, check it out. It's at the Propaganda Report or thepropreport.com. But you brought to that show this, I think, I was blown away by what you discovered. Tell us about it. There was a virus, a global pandemic virus simulation held by the John Hopkins Center and the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation back in October of 2019, where they simulated an exercise to prepare the public and private leaders for a pandemic response, and they specifically fo- focused on a response to the coronavirus. That was in October, and the coronavirus started causing old people to have pneumonia, which they get, and other things can also cause it. But our we became aware of the coronavirus as a potentially deadly thing in November. So one month after, what was interesting to me about this is that they called it a live simulation. Now, what, what could that, a simulation is a simulation, right? What is live, what in your, I'm not telling you to tell you, like, what's your guess? What does live mean to you? Like as a person knowing what that word means? Well, 
According to their website, it featured a live virtual experience. They had mock newscast, which sound exactly like the newscast we've been seeing. In the past, I know other live events, they have actually done live out in the field simulations without telling the public, like live shooting type simulations. I don't know if that's what they refer to here or not, but that's my understanding of it in the past. Okay, so... I don't know. And if you haven't heard me before, I know you have, Binkley, but if everybody else hasn't heard, I'm always down the rabbit hole. You know, when they say you need never let a good crisis go to waste, in my mind, why wait for a crisis? Why not just create a crisis? So it for me, it's just as easy that they took advantage of this amazingly similar coronavirus that was, I think it's called zoonic, whatever. So like the simulation had human beings getting it from pigs. And the one that we're hearing about now, we got it from like bats or anteaters or something weird. So whatever. So maybe it's just a coincidence, a really amazing coincidence. But here's the thing. So that that's not where the coincidences end. So let's say it's a real thing, which coincidentally coincides with this agenda. See, that's the thing. I looked into, after you gave us all that information, I looked into it. There's tons of information. You're right. I couldn't go through the videos like you did. But I immediately discovered on the Johns Hopkins website the seven action items that they want us to get out of of this live simulation. They're saying that it's the live simulation that should spark our understanding of certain challenges and what we need to do to get ahead of it in case there ever really is a pandemic. So in their simulation, they said 65 million people died. In this, what's what we're visually, what we're watching now, we don't have that kind of number. It's like 700 and something dying, which is far lower than the actual the flu. The CDC says that the flu worldwide kills 600 and something hundred thousand so or six hundred something thousand yeah so to me this isn't that big a deal but it is sparking the kind of panic that insist and testing out the systems that go just in lockstep with the agenda here so there are seven agenda items they get way more interesting as the list goes on we have about a minute for each one but i think you and i both chime in if you if this rings a bell the first one i will just say so if there's if you see things that are happening in in real time that go against these agenda items chime in binkley but in the beginning i'm gonna kind of just tick them off if i can this uh public private interoperability that's like the first one i'm just kind of uh condensing it all if people want to look at it that's john hopkins event 201 call to action i tweeted it at monica perez show but the world economic forum their whole thing their reason for being when they established themselves 50 years ago was to get private public interoperability and it went hand in hand in the timing too of the trilateral commission's big brzezinski saying we need to take kind of democracy out of the hands of the people. We need to get our agendas pushed through non-democratic institutions. So I see that as the recurring theme here. And I feel like just from an ideological point of view, you see capitalism and freedom yielding to socialism so that everything gets up to the state. And now I see socialism yielding to fascism. So they say it's privatization, public-private partnership. But what it really is, is using private money, private buy-in to take any kind of representative government semblance of self-government out of our hands and 
without us really even knowing it. So that's what I think is kind of the sinister backstory here. That's kind of number one. The second one is to have virtual stockpiles of vaccines, including experimental vaccines, and countries who have a lot should be committed to donating to countries that don't, and they should also commit in advance to funding for this. So the experimental vaccines is a big thing. And I have a friend from Sweden who's staying with me right now, and she was just mentioning, totally unrelated to any of this, that the swine flu vaccine in Sweden uh, was is largely credited with causing an outbreak, a severe outbreak of chronic fatigue syndrome that's causing a rash of suicides. So experimental vaccines and later in the agenda items, it talks about liability relief and regulatory relief for population level distribution of vaccines in real time. So they want everybody to get the vaccination without liability so there's no recourse at all and they're experimental that's scary to me and what better way to expedite the process of developing a vaccination than by a a disease being released and challenging all the medical and tech companies to get that vaccine there quickly and that is one of the agenda items is that they should that the businesses should get ready they should uh, and governments should increase resources for R&D surges and vaccines, therapies uh, and diagnostics for a pandemic. The countries and companies should greatly incre- increase their uh, the speed and capability. They should develop new technologies and ind- industrial approaches, including it says it like two or three times, including dealing with or addressing legal and regulatory barriers to this rapid deployment of experimental vaccines. China is challenging their companies almost like an arms race to quickly develop this vaccine. That is going on right now. An arms race. That's funny because they're calling it a war. They're using they're calling it the people's war. They use they're using Mao terminology about how this is a war. They're using military approaches. Other things that totally reflect these agenda items coming out of China is that they're that one of these one of these agenda items says that the public services will not be able to handle it private services will have to kick in that was in the wall street journal today about china and they're they're doing several other things that are straight out of this agenda item such as promoting flooding the the country with authoritative information and censoring non-authoritative information and they're getting like heat for the censorship and stuff but really in my mind they're just seeing how it works I completely agree, and I think we're seeing how it works over here, too, because people are being censored here as well on social media. Right, and and it, it actually highlights in this agenda item that, it, you, the, that private sector employers and faith leaders should be the ones to tell their constituents to reinforce the authoritative message and suppress rumors or what they're calling false information. They also call for social media and traditional media companies to use technology to, to quote, suppress false messages, false messages. But as we know, with like this, the swine flu thing in Sweden, the authoritative message isn't always the accurate message. So saying that the authoritative message versus the false message, that's a foregone conclusion that is not in evidence with this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, you need evidence to decide. You know, you need that debate. You need that discourse. You need the competition of information. They want us to defer, defer to the authoritative person regardless of the facts. And, and then the Chinese government, for example, is using military strategies. They're punishing people who do not obey, who supposedly they're suppressing this information so that like a guy who is sounding the alarm, a doctor, young doctor, died. And it's so unusual for someone that age to die. So now we're like, oh, they're really suppressing the information. But that, a lot of this stuff is they're testing how people react. Yep, and they got drones following people around, harassing them about masks to put on their face as well. Yeah, that is shocking to me, but, I mean, you saw it. All right, we've got a couple more. I can't just rattle them off number by number because it's just too dense. you got to look at it yourself. But we'll, we'll try to pack a little bit more in after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. This will not stand, you know. This aggression will not stand, man. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. Blowing the lid off of the coronavirus, honest to goodness, this is a threat to your liberty because Johns Hopkins, the World Economic Forum, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have put out a seven-point agenda call to action for pandemic preparedness. We just went through a few of them. If you want, uh, you can listen to this show at The Monica Perez Show on iTunes, although Binkley and I exhaustively cover this and all the news in rapid fire fashion in our daily podcast. You can find it at The Propaganda Report on any of your favorite podcasting feeds or on thepropreport.com. And if you want to leave us an awesome comment, we will start reading those comments on the air because we have been urged to inform people of this awesome podcast that it takes one listen to get hooked from the many comments that we have gotten. So uh, check that out and leave us a comment. We'll read it on the air on WSB. Then these just there are two more agenda items I haven't hit yet. The first one is that the the this uh, coronavirus or any kind of pandemic should be used to get global businesses to understand the impact of the bottom line of workforce health disruptions, business disruptions, movements of good and services disrupted. And what they should do is advocate, lobby, cooperate, and insist on more government funding for pandemic preparedness, including virtual vaccine stockpiles. What you got on that, Binkley? Virtual vaccine stockpiles. Well, just that they're trying to make it, I think so, they can rapidly deploy new vaccines in real time. But they need, I just saw Merck yeah. shifting all these resources away from legacy drugs towards experimental vaccines and a few other things. I was puzzled. Yeah, I heard a lot of talk about how it would take a long time, perhaps years, to perfect this vaccine unless... There was something like this that happened, and all these companies can be challenged to a competition to see who can develop it first, and that's why I called it an arms race. I think, actually, the vaccine thing is big, but I think it's number two to something even more significant. Really, really, really big. These are the globalists, and I think they anticipate a destabilized world, a problem world that does not have the kind of health and stability and all that. So their number seven or number six item is that... Trade and money flow should continue no matter what. And we need to test out the systems to figure out you put those people in hazmat uniforms if you have to, but do not stop globalist corporations from getting their product to the consumer even when they're on their deathbed. For more of this, see thepropreport.com and we'll be back next week with the Monica Perez Show. Same time, same place.